Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Black Cast on my phone, ready to play right now. Welcome to oh, the Black Cast. Christian Blatt here for a, another installment of the hashtag Big Black Cast Binge Week. This is our fourth of five episodes, and this one is not going to be accessible for everyone. This one, oh, we're going to get into the thick of it here. We're really going to dive into Star Trek Picard. All the spoilers and everything, but first... Let's say hello to part of our panel that is already assembled. The one, the only, Mr. Mark Hunt, AKA Rafe Gutman, uh, coming to us from what looks like the storeroom at a KB Toys. <laughs> and uh, of course, appreciating that, pacing in his childhood bedroom where probably many a pace has happened, Mr. Thomas J. Kelly. Woo, hello America. And uh, by the way, too, talking of not to compete with KB Toys, but I do have a vintage Cabbage Patch Kid and horse up there. Excellent. Uh, now, if you stand, we're not really going to be able to see. Yes, sir. <laughs> so. Oh, this, uh, that's right. You're sharing the video. Forgot. That's right. Go. Yeah, the video's going, uh, going up. And uh, showing up right now, the one, the only Mr. Jason Blair. Hello, sir. Oh, my God. Hey. you. See, yeah. this, this is why uh, you need to give me a star date instead of using this old earth. <laughs> yeah, I know. He thought this was for PM instead of AM his time. Yeah. So that's my fault. So. Yeah. You know what? From here on, I don't even know what star date this is. I, I'm sure there's people who could figure out what a, what a, an earth date of 2020 would be in star dates. But Well, you've got the original series with the four-digit star date, and then the next gen was the five-digit. So yeah. So would this be a three-digit star date? <laughs> I have no idea. But we haven't had first contact yet, so I guess there right. are no star dates. So, yeah, so uh, I, I once, I used to play the Star Trek role-playing game where they would say just to be the game master and make it authentic, use the last two digits of the year. So our star date in Star Trek, the role-playing game terms would be star date 200520 and, or 07. <laughs> yeah, two, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Two, you know, Captain's Log, start date 200507. Here I am on the black cast <laughs> that so, no one will uh, listen to. Tom, when you used to play the Star Trek role-playing game, uh, was there a lot of fighting as to which one of the girls playing got to be Uhura? Oh, believe me, we were so <laughs> far away from meeting girls. But uh, which, which edition was it? Was it the FASA one? It was the FASA one, yes. <laughs> The Which is what one where I, I see that for college loans? What? Yes. <laughs> the FASA one. All right. There we go. Our first, our first star date bell. Well, this is the best thing about when you're going to do a whole show on Star Trek and you get some of the best Star Trek minds we've ever had on the Black Cast. Uh, it's really easy to get out nerded, and I just did by both of you. So FASA, uh, yes, uh, yeah. Just the fact that there was an addition. Uh, you know, like I played the Marvel superheroes role playing game, but really just the first edition. I never even really dove into D and D. But uh, the Marvel superheroes role playing game, I'm like, well, yeah, this is this is like comic books, and 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 I'm all in on that. Uh, that was TSR who did yeah. make Dungeons and Dragons, oh, so oh, I had that oh, yeah. one too. My brother, my brother's five years older. He he was all in on D and and D and D, and I don't know, maybe my mom just preferred uh, Marvel superheroes, but whatever the case. So we're here, and we're going to really dive into Star Trek Picard. Uh, before we did that, I thought it would be fun if each of us shared sort of, a, a, and it doesn't have to be your earliest Star Trek memory, but sort of a, a, an indication of how important it was to your childhood. So for me, I've talked about this on the Black Cast before, 
my mom got us what made sure we got a vcr uh christmas 1984 and uh, tom you'll understand this uh mm -hmm. every weeknight at midnight on wpix channel 11 in new york she recorded reruns of star trek because she wanted to see them she hadn't seen them in years but mostly so that she could get the trouble with tribbles on tape and <laughs> that's when you realize yeah. that there's 79 episodes but they didn't play them in any kind of order they would repeat uh god forbid there was a power outage so you missed one so it took like a year and a half to finally get to see Trouble with Tribbles, but she had promised me Trouble with Tribbles. And she's like, this is so good. You're going to like it. But I also remember seeing uh, Wrath of Khan in the theater down at the Jersey Shore uh, uh, near uh, Long Beach Island. So I, I definitely saw Star Trek II in the theater because Star Trek was a huge part of my mom's life. When she was in high school, the original series was on. And uh, she, she would have like boyfriends and dates and stuff. But Friday night date was, uh, well, we're going to watch Star Trek. So... And I think when you're the, the girl in the relationship, you can dictate that. Um, Mark, did you have a lot of dating where it was like, well, we're going to watch uh, all four chapters of the latest uh, Tom Baker, Doctor Who serial? Or do you think that that didn't really happen so much? No, no, it didn't happen at all. <laughs> no, Doctor um, Who was early. I, I introduced it early on and it was quickly, quickly cut off. By, by all, all women, <laughs> all women folk, yeah. Yeah, for me, you know, uh, Star Trek was like as nerdy as, as, I, as I got. I, I was put off by early Doctor Who when I would see the reruns on PBS. And, you know, Star, Star Wars was a little bit more mainstream. Like, you know, the cool kids would always like Star Wars. But uh, look at, and for those watching on YouTube, there was just a, what is that? Is that a, is that a 12 inch Tom Baker with the, with the reception? About eight inch. What? How eight long? inch. Eight inch. Pardon me. That shows how disappointed my wife is. Uh, Mark, what is uh, an er one of the earliest Star Trek memories for you, sir? Well, I grew up um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so right around, I mean, after Star Wars came out, this would have been, you know, late 70s. I started getting into science fiction, like most Gen, Gen X my age. And um, our local TV station used to show, right after the nightly news, they would show Star Trek. And in the summers, they would show it Monday through Friday. So it was always kind of a treat. You'd get to, because I always had to go, you know, you'd go to bed for school, but in the summers, you got to stay up. So staying up after, you know, my parents went to bed, I'd, the news would be over, and me and my brother would sit in front of the TV and watch Monday through Friday, watch classic Star Trek. And I just, it was, I loved it. I something I looked forward to. Um, during the school year, they'd only show it on Friday nights, I guess. They were really mindful, I guess, of kids. Um, but during the summer, so, so you're saying this street. was a different time that, uh, oh, that, that different television time, programmers different, yeah. were mindful of kids schedule. Yes. They didn't, this is pre VCR. Um, so I, I was a big fan up. And then I remember when the motion picture came out and going to McDonald's and this was one of the very, very first happy meals was the Star Trek, the motion picture themed happy meal. And they, did those um, come with the glasses? I know I, I don't I all I remember getting I remember getting this little it was like a little plastic watch like thing okay. you strapped it to your wrist except instead of a watch it was like a little container you'd pop it up and you could put little things in it and snap it down it was real cheap but had little stickers on it for Star Trek the motion picture so um ever ever you know once I discovered Star Wars and I started branching out the next thing on the on the list was Star Trek so yeah. interesting was that was that the, the watch picture. that 
Sorry, uh, was that the watch that Stephen Collins would use to uh, spy on underage girls? Is that what that was for, or uh, was it? Might was have been. Purpose? Might have been. Sorry, <laughs> right, Tom. You know when you've got a joke burning a hole in your pocket, you got to tackle whoever's trying I, to get I it. I was thinking the same thing as Stephen Collins' <laughs> toy joke, but yeah. I, I almost Googled Stephen Collins because I'm like, what the hell was Decker's name? And then it came to me. But what were you going to say about oh, motion picture? Oh, you, you, you went, you, you hit the. And the other thing about jokes is uh, know what you can follow. Mine was going to be. Uh, the McDonald's integration was so intense, the 1701 refit was supposed to have a McDonald's on the rec deck. <laughs> that would have been great. I do think they got <laughs> glasses for that. Um, I, I've seen Star Trek motion picture glasses, I think. Uh, never, I don't think we ever had them. We had TV trays. That was something that my mom got, was Star Trek the motion picture TV trays. Uh, Jason, what, yeah. uh, what about uh, your earliest Star Trek memory? I was a little late to the game. I think... Uh, you know, I watched the movies as a kid. We were one of the first families in our neighborhood to have a VCR. So it was really cool that we could go down and get movies. And so I think uh, we watched, you know, the Rathacon and uh, Search for Spock and stuff like that. They weren't really that special to me. I will tell you that the time that really hit me was when I was in, I think it was ninth grade, was when The Undiscovered Country came out. And a friend of mine was just so pumped up to go see it and I was like I'll go see it and sat there and I just I thought it was so smart like the whole Cold War reference and the, mm. the it was just such a smart movie that I that's when I really started to pay attention to Star Trek so that was around the what fourth fifth season of Next Generation yeah I think that's then. 91 so yeah that and was where I lived in Terre Haute Indiana we only had three tv stations and Fox had already launched so like they were like running Fox shows like in the evening on the ABC affiliate. And so there wasn't a lot of room for like syndicated shows. And the next generation was on, I think at like 1230 at night, like after mm. Arsenio Hall and Mia Peebles dance machine or something <laughs> like that. So uh, I started recording them and uh, you know, really liked it. And then I, I went back and, you know, they started uh, Suncoast Motion Picture Company oh, started selling the, uh, yeah. the, the videotapes. And so I remember picking up, you know, the earlier seasons, a few of them that people told me were good. And I was like, wow, this really sucked at first. But uh, yeah. but yeah. then got, finally got caught up. And, and it's funny, I, I then I went to a convention and I realized that I, I'm a different type of fan than a lot of fans are. Like, I <laughs> I can tell you that like, you know, which episodes Ron Moore wrote and like uh, who Rick Berman's executive assistant is. I, I'm really nerdy into it from like the production side of things. But then I went to the uh, conventions and I realized people are more into like the backstory on the guy sitting at the third table over and 10 forward. And, you know, they have all this like fan fiction stuff. I've never really gotten into... <laughs> you know, fan fiction, extended yeah. universe type stuff. But I'm just it, really it, into the production it, aspect. If there was anything that you felt like dipped into copyright law or trademarks or patents, that's what would interest you the most probably, right? Yeah, it, you know, and it is very interesting that they allow unsolicited submissions from fans. Uh, yeah, that was that's like true. unheard of from a copyright perspective. It's I'm still like, unheard of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, that really fascinated me, uh, which I said, that, that's probably what, most people, that's not their their interest in Star Trek. But I, I'd be like, 
how, how does that even work? You're getting an unsolicited submission. And I'm like, I'm not even in college yet, let alone like law school, yeah. but I guess. And, and one final thing, who did you go to college with? Oh yeah, Sirach Lofton was in several of what? my classes at UCLA. <laughs> That's uh, right. He used to play basketball a lot against uh, uh, Jaleel White, actually. And, so uh, Urkel, <laughs> Urkel yeah. and Little Cisco went to school with you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Urkel and so that was fun. And they were really cool guys. Like I, I had, I, I think I took a few classes with them. So I mean, the first class, you know, you don't see them that much, but they're yeah. they're there enough to get the grade, I guess. So uh, Tom, were you interning at Conan when Jaleel White was on? I don't, I don't know if that was when you were there. I, I, I think it might've been before you were there because he was there, but he was like trying to, yeah, when we, when I was interning, he was there and he was trying to put forth the, you know, the, the there's the, the smooth character that he has on that show, Stefan or Cal. And that's mm -hmm. who he's trying to be in real life. So uh, blast from the past, uh, talent executive, Tanya Addy, he used to be like, Oh, thanks girl. Mm, you know? And it was like, it was just like, dude, you're Steve Urkel. It's, it's not working. No one's convinced. And yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, this is not the Urkel cast. Uh, Tom, what about you? Uh, how long has, has the Federation been running through your blood? And we've talked about this before. Your uh, AOL Instant Message had 1701 at the end of it, didn't it? It, it, it still does. Uh, my email address, if anyone wants to write me a note on my uh, email uh, that I check only once a month, uh, TJK1701. Uh, I've used 1701 as the name of my production company, 1701 Productions. Sure. Uh, I have my own angle on Star Trek. I mean, first I fell into it, uh, if we're getting sentimental, it was with mom and dad on a trip to DC. It was one of like three vacations we ever took and it rained. So, <laughs> of course. So, we, it rained. We went back to the hotel and on the pay per view, it was Star Trek 4. Uh, I had hated Star Trek before that, but realized I grew up with a black and white TV set till 1987. So I think a lot of the wonder of Star Trek was lost on me until I could see it in color, never mind with movie special effects. And I think from there, it, that was also, I think, right before Next Generation started. Uh, one of the first movies I saw by myself was Star Trek V. I'm um, so sorry. You know, I, I will stand by this, that Star Trek V was a more enjoyable experience for me than watching eight episodes of Picard. So well, ten, 10 episodes, but yeah. Uh, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I always bag on Star Trek V. I saw it in the theater three times. One of them was a drive-in. Yeah. It was a double bill with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, but I still saw it in the theater three times. So, uh, uh, and I would argue that Star Trek V holds up better than some of the other Treks. That it, it's not as bad, comparatively, it's not as bad, and it was a great, uh, this is not my line, and I don't know who is the source to cite, but there's a great line uh, that was a review of Star Trek V 20 years later, and the line was, loving Star Trek means understanding that half of it is crap. <laughs> and that's well, somewhere slightly above well, that. What you know, I, the, what the, uh, the hotline's ringing. I think that's uh, that's that's Shatner uh, asking if he can direct another movie because he's like, oh, you like this? How about I reboot Tech War? Would you like to see that, Tom? Uh, obviously, you know, uh, that phone call was a, was a chase fraud alert because everybody's figured out all four of our ATM passcodes right now. <laughs> uh, well, I I do want to uh, look. We could talk about uh, Star Trek as a whole all day. And uh, Mark, I saw you before when we were speaking, you uh, had a Jean-Luc action figure pop up. 
Uh, I assume he's uh, somewhere nearby. Now, do you have, is there a whole expansion pack for the Picard series? Can you get a Raffi? Can you get a <laughs> Dr. Agnes? Can, can we get, can we get uh, all the different uh, emergency medical holograms? Uh, as a, a gift set? Yeah, do we, ha do you have the whole gift set? We don't have that yet, do we? No, but action figures are kind of just, anymore, you, you, you can't go into a store and buy action figures that much anymore. Maybe Marvel. I mean, they don't even do Star Wars anymore. So action figures nowadays are like, like right behind me here, like $100 premium oh. format mm. figures for, yeah. you know, people. Well, who, no, I mean, you have to keep in mind that Disney owns Star Wars. And, and if you go into Target, you will definitely find action figures. It's not the, the level. It's not like the lines like they used to do for collectors, but they will put little plastic crap in a box and uh, have kids oh. for $5. They will but will the box be labeled JL? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, God. That's another. I mean, that, that's another JL. Yeah, the, the JL. Yeah. All right. So we're going we're gonna to each uh, take turns and talk about just sort of big picture overall. Uh, Mark, you went first before, so let's have you go first again. Just overall thoughts. We'll get into some of the more specifics. Just a big picture on Star Trek Picard, 10-episode series on CBS All Access. Thanks to Sir Patrick Stewart, people were able to watch it free after the fact, after everybody was about to cancel the subscription anyway. Uh, and Tom, do you have something you want to share from your yeah, phone? Before we start, just to show how Jason is my uh, friend that I've never met before. <laughs> my, my, my phone password, 1701, and then an extra zero one at the end. There you go. <laughs> you know me. It's Everyone's know me. getting, if you pickpocket our wallets, everybody's getting into our ATM account. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So, uh, Mark, overall thoughts on uh, Star Trek Picard? Overall, I'm, I'm probably one of the ones that actually liked it. Uh, there's a lot I would nitpick against it. Um, uh, the, the ending of the season, I definitely would nitpick. Um, on a whole, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Um, I think the supporting cast was kind of weak. I love seeing Patrick Stewart back. I kind of liked exploring the 24th century. Every episode, we kind of jumped around to different locations. So it was kind of nice to explore, even though it looks like a couple of them they kind of did on the cheap. So I, for the most part, I liked it. I liked it better than Discovery, but I definitely have a lot of problem, a few problems with it, a lot of nitpicks with it too. Yeah, I, I agree what you're talking about in terms of some of the locations. It was, okay, well, let's uh, beam down to the Western backlot at Universal Studios. Let's just uh, see what's going on there. Uh, I, I think that one, it was great to see Jean-Luc Picard on my screen. And I said, even after the first episode, if they did 10 episodes where he read the phone book in character. I would definitely watch all of them. And I'd be like, well, you know what? I got something out of that. Uh, I thought it was, it was good at times. It was infuriating at others. On the whole, I'm like, look, it was fun that it was back. I agree with you that we hadn't, ha we hadn't gone forward in time in Star Trek since Nemesis. So like almost 15, more than 15 years. So, cause it was all like, now we're gonna go to the J.J. Abrams verse. And I know that's not what it's called. And we're gonna go all the way back to, to Discovery. I'm like, yeah, but what about after this? So I did enjoy seeing some of that. And then some of it was just like, okay, so it's, it's you know, Jean-Luc in a disguise with an eye patch. Who, yeah. you know, there needed to be somebody in the writer's room that's like, no, okay, so like that, but not that, like not that right. thing. 
Will uh, Sterling so, has a line about that, right? About the no person or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Will, Will Sterling, a regular on this podcast, he's he always talks about how a lot of times there just needs to be that one guy. Usually, it's like at the executive level. That's like, yeah. So look, we could do that, but instead of that, how about we try to make it, you know, not suck. And you just need to have everybody can't be yes men and yes women. So in general, look, it was it was entertaining uh, for the most part, but uh, there was a lot of stuff I didn't care about. I think it was really slow to start. I think if it had moved along faster and was eight episodes, like the first one was great. And then the next three, I'm like, that should have been one episode. You know, you, you, they, they just stretched it way too thin for me. First one, I thought the first one was great. If they had maintained that level of quality, I would have been able to, uh, you know, the show was so slow. I had enough time to think about how I didn't like it. You know, if your show yeah. moves fast, you don't really have time to think about it. It's like, it's like seeing Avatar for the first time. It was only afterwards that I'm like, oh, that was really not good. But while I was watching it, um, Jason, uh, overall yeah. thoughts from you. And then uh, Tom is going to rain on everybody's parade, I think. But uh, I think... <laughs> Well, overall right. thoughts, uh, first episode, I was super pumped. I mean, very first scene, seeing the Enterprise D, seeing, you know, and, and it did move slow, but I was like, well, we're setting up. We're catching up on everything that's happened in 25 years. It's going to be fine. Uh, really excited. And then all of a sudden, you know, second, third, fourth episode, you know, you get to this, come on, let's go. And then it just seems so rushed at the end. And we'll get to it on specific nitpicks, but I think the very end of the show, the what they did with John Luke really is like a slap in the face to Data's message. You know, Data's message is what's the point if you're not mortal and you can't die and I want you to shut me off because that's what makes life worth living. And then it's like, okay, well, that yeah, that's such a sweet ending. Now we're going to make John Luke immortal and we can just give him a body and he can live as long as we want. So, you know, I mean, I know they did other things. So it was like, to me, the messaging at the end of it was so like, okay, well, let's just crap all over data. So, um, I, yeah. Sure. Uh, yes, uh, Tom, you seem to agree with some of that sentiment in there. Well, no, it was, I think what, I, first of all, what I agree with with all of you guys is, uh, starting from the beginning, I loved that first scene. It was everything I wanted it to be. Uh, I will stand by this. I think Star Trek Chateau Picard is a better show than Star Trek Picard. Yes. Uh, so if he's just I, inspecting I the grapes, if he's just inspecting yeah. the grapes and like, oh, number one, you had an accident. Let's clean that up. You know, <laughs> you, computer, you, you know, computer, give us wee-wee pads. You're making a joke, but I enjoyed seeing him, uh, like where his retirement looked like. I enjoyed the wine Romulans. <laughs> I, yeah, I, by know. the way, I also love that they were like, yeah, we spend a lot of fucking money on this set so his ready room is going to be the same set and we're just going to have everybody be okay with it because yeah. we are not building another set. Yeah. No. And that's what I liked. I mean, I think what it kept the, that set captured what I loved about the, the show and what I wanted it to be. It was high quality. It was well lit. It was connected to something that wasn't a starship. Uh, summarizing what went wrong is creatively speaking, and this is a complaint I've had on the black cast before is that somebody let Brent Spiner and Patrick Stewart into the writer's room on this. And that, quite frankly, is what tanked the last two Next Generation movies. If not, uh, if not the last three, well, hang on, first, no, the first last contact, two. First contact, first contact was, was the good one. That's Pete yeah. Trek right there. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and 
Insurrection was just dull. And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a mediocre two-part episode that they put on the big screen, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the Nemesis was just like, yikes. You know, I just had a lot of bad feelings after that. Well, and what, and to uh, to Jason's point, what happened? The reason why they shit on Data in the end is Brent Spiner said, "Oh, I want a proper death scene," and it was the same lame ass. Oh, look at me! I'm dying. I'm talking slower. You know, he's great at playing characters. He's not a great actor. He starts he was, singing he Daisy something. at the end. That would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. no. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> But yeah, and it's like, look, there, there's a, the inclusion of Brett Spiner is great fan service and I was excited. But it's like, so how exactly in Jean-Luc's dream did Data get so fat? <laughs> See, was that him getting fat or was that digital technology to soften him up? I, oh, I, I, they, they, they softened it, but uh, did you notice that he was wearing the turtleneck uniform? Because... Uh, you know, the, uh, let's just say that, uh, that androids apparently do a synthetic life does actually age. And you know what I was, I was hoping that would be, I was hoping they would get the guys who made Jar Jar Binks. I, I mean, you could have, no, I mean, uh, and actually it's funny. I am friends with the father of the guy who played Jar Jar Binks who, who and did, the uh, did not know that. Ahmed Beth. Yeah. 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 His uh, dad is a great cameraman at ABC and a very kind man. And his aunt is my union rep at uh, SAG-AFTRA. <laughs> so from here on in, Jar Jar Binks, my favorite character in Star Wars, because I know it hurts real feelings. So... <laughs> Uh, anyway, the but yeah, the, but Jason made some great points. Is I actually didn't mind it moving slow. Uh, my problem was it started trying too hard, um, and I think the big problem is one. Uh, and it's funny. I have uh, I'll share them uh, later. I have notes from truckcore.com, and it's notes that Stewart gave on Star Trek Insurrection, and it's lines like. We need to roughen him up. We need Picard to not be, to be less of a philosopher and more of an action hero. You know, and you could see that, you could see that influence again on Star Trek Picard. He wants it to be Star Trek and not Star Trek. He doesn't want it to be on a starship. Uh, Starfleet's going to be a little darker now. It's just, you know, it, you know what it was? It became, you knew where it was going after the first episode. And I spent nine episodes thinking, they're not going to do that. And they did that. It was just so easy. You knew it was the Romulans from like minute three. Yeah, of course. So, you know, and you, you hoped that uh, what I loved about the first three episodes were it, it, it was the Romulans became an allegory for Syrian refugees. And it's like, oh, we should be nicer to Romulans. They're not the bad guy. And by the end of episode 10, it was, no, Romulans are the bad guys. It like, yeah. it just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, just because they were down on their luck doesn't mean that they're not terrorists, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. and Kurtzman is, uh, Kurtzman's not a great writer. Kurtzman's bad at writing villains, uh, and I, I think he came up with a couple of great gimmicks. Um, I did not love anybody in the supporting cast. Uh, I enjoyed the first Raffi episode and kind of lost interest. Um, Alison Pill is an awful actress, uh, <laughs> and, and I say this as someone who has but she ruined, I thought she ruined newsroom for me. And frankly, she wasn't even good at playing developmentally different people on Law and Order, which I remember her doing twice. So, did, you, uh, did you see the, uh, uh, what is his name? Bong Joon-ho, the guy who won the Oscar. Did you see his earlier film, Snowpiercer, where everybody's on a train? 
because she plays no. a school teacher in that and there's like a, a pretty amazing turn and i had just seen that before the show started so uh yeah she's not great though she's definitely not great uh she's not a great character uh, i agree with that wholeheartedly well well, and let's go slow. And, and you know what? I actually liked, and here's my thing with Star Trek Picard. I liked the seeds they planted and did not like what they grew into. <laughs> uh, like, uh, you know what? I loved episode one and two. Look, I have to save this android who feels a connection to Captain Picard. And then they shoot her and he goes, finds her twin who doesn't have any connection to her, no. uh, to him. Uh, one thing, I, you made I, a good point, Tom. I don't want to interrupt, but you know, no. you said it, it, it's not the fact that it's slow. I think the problem was when it was paced like that and you realized it was only 10 episodes, it was just like, now they're going to cram a bunch of crap at the end. You know, it, yeah. it, it's not the fact that episode two, three, four are slow. It just, it yeah. means, you know, they're just going to say, okay, and ABCDY, you know, and then just yeah. blah, at the very last episode. And that's what happens. Like, and you don't care about that. Well, and to, that your point, I, to your point, I was hooked on the let's find Bruce Maddox line. He was sort of a, a seed that was planted through different uh, Next Generation episodes. Um, even if it wasn't the same actor, you felt attached to the name. Um, and then they find Bruce Maddox, and then uh, Dr. Girardi kills him after two minutes. And then we forgive Dr. Girardi for killing him after three minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that like was definitely. Murdered. Yeah. Right. That, it's a great was... time to murder in the 24th, 25th century. Just, yeah. Okay, don't do it again. Yeah, it's like, oh, man, you, all right. But yeah, if you do that again, you're going to go into into space timeout because that's tougher <laughs> than what timeout yeah. was in the 21st century. So yeah, I, that that was just like, I kept ex I kept waiting for that shoe to drop where, you know, even even if she died, it's like, all right, well, that's fitting. But then, like, nope, she's actually in a much better place. She kind of doesn't doesn't she end up like actually like together with the with the captain at the end, which was by the way like w there was I don't know that there's ever been less heat on screen between two <laughs> characters than those two. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Was, I didn't need that, but you know, I enjoyed the captain as a bit player. I enjoyed him for an episode, and then you just used the right word. There was no heat with him as an actor. Oh, I'm attached to a captain, and I had to kill him after five minutes yeah. in the movie. And, know, and it wasn't a captain whole... we knew, you know? Like, if it had been uh, Captain uh, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off on the Enterprise B, then at least we'd have a connection to him. Uh, but I, I don't know, like, really, like, Raffi is the perfect embodiment of what was wrong with the show, because I didn't care about her. She grated on me every time she was in there. And then I, I disliked Dr. Girardi so much that it made me hate it made me hate um, hate Raffi less, but just by comparison. And like the scene where she goes to visit her son and meets the pregnant wife, I'm like, I, I don't know that I've ever been less interested in in, yeah. in anything, you know? I mean, it's like, I, I don't know, like spying on the neighbors through their front window would be way more interesting than that. But I don't know, but, uh, Mark, but what did you- a good point, Christian. Yeah. By the time they got to that, I forgot she was an alcoholic. Yeah, like, sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. I guess the other thing too is they throw a lot of spaghetti and like, hey, remember we said this and you didn't care about it six episodes yeah. ago? Now she has a son and yeah. he remembers that thing that you didn't care about. And I, I know on your uh, After Buzz show, it's like every week it was like, we hate Rafi, we hate Rafi. Yeah, it was, I hate you, it was mostly me. But it was just like, I don't know. I, I hated her almost the least, which is not saying much. She's like a two <laughs> and everybody else is the one. I, what really bugged me was the captain guy. Like, is he supposed to be a badass? 
ass or not. It's just because he smokes a cigar and he drops the F word all the time. So and, he's and he plays like four versions edgy. of himself. You know, to yeah. Sort of, uh, and, and here's an overall thing I believe is Star Trek should not have the word fuck used in a complete sentence. It just doesn't feel right. Uh, and, 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 and whenever they do it, you could just tell they're jamming it in to get some sort of a rated R rating. Right. Yeah, we, ta- we talked about that on the after show. And Tom, you and I talked about that during Discovery. The, you know, uh, Cadet Tilly was the first person to say fuck in Star Tilly. Trek. Yeah. And, and I was just like, you know, look, the, the swearing works in Star Trek 4 because it's for comedic effect. It's Spock trying to fit in, you know, and but it's also not... It's not the word, yeah. fuck, you know, and it's not, re- and it's not real swearing. Double dumb ass on you is not a, <laughs> you know, it's not swearing. And you know what we haven't touched at all. Um, and I don't know if you were going this way. There was no need for seven of nine to be in this show at all. Uh, I mean, yeah. it was forced. I, I, I thought it could have been great. And this is where to, to, to Mark's point before is, the show then took this awful turn of, and now Seven of Nine is here, and now suddenly Jerry Ryan can act. Look, Jerry Ryan's trying hard to emote. And you could tell this is totally putting Jerry Ryan in was totally because they had her on a contract for another CBS All Access show. <laughs> uh, Mark, I, I know you're taking it all in and silently judging us. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, much much like our ape overlords. Uh, and by the way, I meant to mention in the intro that uh, if you are a, as if you're as much of a fan of Planet of the Apes as uh, all of us nerds are Star Trek, make sure you check out Podcast of the Apes, which you can just Google that and you'll find it. Uh, that's, uh, and you're, it's still going, right? You find new ape content to talk about. Yep, yep. I'm do, right now I'm doing uh, my coffee and quarantine commentary episodes. So revisiting the old classic TV show. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, as we're talking about all the supporting cast, what were some of your thoughts, Mark? Uh, well, to did anybody back, stand out that you liked? I'm looking forward to the next movie, Quarantine of the Apes. Oh, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To jump back to the supporting cast, um, actually, I thought Laris and Jaban, the, the, the two Romulans that lived at Chateau Picard, were the two strongest ones on there. Yes, agreed. Um, and I don't know if you recognize... Laris Christian, the female one, Mm-mm. she was uh, she's an actress that was in one of our uh, favorite sci-fi fr- uh, franchises. But uh, she was uh, took me an episode before I realized she was uh, Walter Bishop's wife and Peter Bishop's mom on Fringe. Oh wow, no, I I did not recognize her at all. But it bugged uh, me for about a week, but uh, before I figured it out, but I thought they were the two strongest ones. I agree. But yeah. Raff, Raffi, the problem with her, ninety percent of her backstory, you would have to have read this book. <laughs> and which of course you have which oh, wait, I, what do you got there these comics <laughs> they yeah. are i mean the basically these tell the whole backstory of how they how they met um she was right when the uh picard is captain of the e uh the they, he gets new they get news that the sun's going supernova over romulus Starfleet gives Picard a field promotion uh, to Admiral. He gets a new starship, and Picard gets to pick his crew. And that's when they introduce Rafi. She's first made on another ship. Um, she's due to her five year mission's up. She's due to go home to her husband and son. They're all excited. They're communicating through Starfleet channels. And then Picard comes up and says, Hey, I'm going to offer you to be first officer on my ship in this historic mission. 
and she cho chooses to go with him instead of back to her family and that pretty much wrecks her for all this backstory yeah. you kind of had to read beforehand yeah you know star wars does this too it. a lot i don't like when there's when there's homework when there's like take home yeah. study that after the movie or between episodes i'm supposed to read a book uh, or three comics i would love to have the time to I, i'm sure that did you enjoy those uh, that book and those comics you read yeah they were actually really good um yeah, i'm sure they're great i would get, love to have time to read them but the the comics the comics actually tell the story of how he meets the two romulans they're mm -hmm. tal shiar agents and so that's a pretty good little comic series but um you know that's that's where all of her backstory was and then after reading that then watching her on the show it's like wow like, yeah. kind of all her interesting stuff was back then yeah. um i kind of you know liked, what that comic was that comic was all of the scenes they wanted to put in Star Trek Picard, but they couldn't get Patrick Stewart to put on a uniform for. <laughs> right. If yeah, they want to put a Tal Shiar uh, show on PBS Kids, Christian and I will have plenty of time to check. Yeah, it. yeah exactly. As long, as long as it's for the demographic of like four to seven, then uh, we'll, be able to, we'll be able to see all the spinoff. Yeah, if that Lower Decks series ends up, ends up being on the, uh, the Nick Jr. app, I, I think my kids might watch it. Have you seen the animated short treks? That's another insult to our childhoods. I haven't seen oh. an animated short treks. No, I've seen oh. the live action ones, but I didn't even realize that that was a thing. What was the uh, what was the space worm the, that 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 uh, that makes the discovery uh, travel all around the tar the tar tardigrade. the tardigrades? Oh. They oh, yeah. they have a tardigrade. Uh, I mean, one of them with the one, the least insulting one is there is a tardigrade that is on the ship during the space seed episode oh, and it's no. like oh look at me whoop and then it gets sucked into a vent and it's completely slapstick <laughs> it, it, it's warner brothers it's a warner brothers cartoon on the enterprise this, this sounds like this sounds so bad that i'll have to stay up a, a little late and actually watch this so that's on Listen, cbs so all access the animated short treks with the with the tardigrades yes there's one, they should have like the Enterprise computer voiced by Mel Blanc, you know, when you're <laughs> instead of uh, instead of uh, you know Roddenberry's wife, use Mel Blanc. Right. So, so Mark, back to the characters that we saw on the screen. Uh, did you? And we're talking about the new characters for a moment. Uh, did you feel a connection to any of them, or were they, was it really you could take you know, leave I, any of them? <laughs> I thought Rios, I, I kind of liked Rios, the, the emergency holograms after one or two episodes that got old. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, Dr. Agnes Girardi, the episode that ended with her killing Maddox, I'm thinking to myself like, oh my God, she's like this whole ditz thing is an act and she's a cold blooded killer. I was like, oh, wow. And then next week it's like, no, she's just, no, she, she just, uh, she's, threw up and she's really that. Yeah, the next yeah. episode she spent throwing up cake, basically. So uh, yeah, that, that just told you, like, no, that was that was just a, a moment that they were really excited about in the writers' room. And yeah, were... there's a lot more puking on shows I've noticed in the last few years. <laughs> I don't know what to, you know. Maybe it's because of the quality of the shows. The it's actors CBS All Access. F words and puking. That's you know, you know which episode I liked, Elnor. I thought that was the beginning of because I think it was true to. What I found great about the first three episodes was Picard was the guy who was trying to forgive the enemy. Yeah. And he was the guy trying to help the, he almost was like a, uh, uh, it was almost like he was a, a, a Christian missionary uh, or he was a missionary trying to save these homeless people. 
And the Eleanor episode was great. Um, I, I think him dropping the bore with, ball with Eleanor was a good episode, a good thought. And I like the idea of a passionate Romulan with candor as a contrast to the Colinar stone-cold emotionless Vulcan that we all grew up with. And then that's another one. They kind of just let that fizzle. Yeah, but yeah. you're right. I, 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 you know, for the most part, I did think that that was a good character. I think they did they did decent with him, but like with everything, it's sort of, he kind of got left hung out to dry. But I, I did think that the introduction of that character was good. And I actually hadn't thought about the show in a while. I kind of forgot about him. And that's, that's uh, you know, kind of the fault of the show. That uh, He was, the I think, the favorite supporting character of mine. But they yeah. he's totally underutilized. But you, you could play him as a great action character because he's got all his training, but then he can also be comedic relief because he's like, oh, we're, we're, that's a lie. And he didn't, yeah. you know, didn't understand that concept. So it was, yeah, I would say if that's a character going forward, I'd be interested in seeing more of, uh, it would be him. Yeah, he'd be, uh, he'd be the only action figure of the new characters that I would buy, I think. I don't know about you, I don't know about you Mark, but that's the one that I think would be cool because he'd have a cool weapon. He'd have uh, a sword and everything, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about uh, returning characters. I thought it was uh, great to see Hugh again. I thought that was an interesting look at that character. But also, uh, anybody that has talked to me about Star Trek knows that uh, Voyager is still by the way even after this voyager is still my least favorite star trek series uh although enterprise is really close at this point uh but in any case uh so i didn't need the return of seven and nine i did find it to be interesting i thought that her story her arc was interesting i thought that they gave her some interesting things to do so i was actually i was okay with it but like when i saw her in the trailer i was like well who asked for that you know, who who's like, well, we need to have seven of nine in it. You know, whereas we still didn't get Jordy or Worf. You know, I mean, come on. Like, what are you we? Know, actually, here's a question for you. Do you think, too, to your point of not enough next generation background characters, was, do you think Picard's doctor from the Stargazer was a scene written for Gates McFadden, who played Beverly Crusher, the doctor from the Enterprise D? Uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that, but that, that, yeah, maybe she just, you know, I, the, yeah. the, uh, the price point. it was point. a throwaway scene she didn't want to do or a price yeah, point? She, it just probably was like, well, I'm going to do one scene. Uh, here's my price. And they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so obviously I, I loved visiting the Riker family. That was one of my favorite episodes. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the joke that got me in trouble on the uh, after show, but I said the same thing to, to Mark watched, so he knows what I, what I said. But I even said this to, to Tom after I watched it, was uh, I, I, I don't know how they found a uniform that would fit Riker at this point in his life, yeah. but they somehow did. Because, you know, I mean, he, he's, not, he's not in military shape, let's just put it that well, way. Well, he was never that thin or as didn't well i mean look at the pilot felt, look at look know. at if you look at a right. counter fire point he's, he's but i mean by by season five on you can tell i mean he yeah. was you know not really probably in in the best shape but. but look that just meant that he was positioning himself to be a starfleet captain because uh, obviously right. weight fluctuation is what gets you into that chair or right. makes it so you have trouble <laughs> getting out of personally, that personally I, I was gonna say i think that seeing Riker was the high point of the season like it's it's funny because I don't know anybody who, for Next Generation, like Riker is their favorite character. But watching this, like he had, I know he does a lot of directing, but it's like he can still act. Like he just smiles and he's just very charming, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. And 
you just feel very happy to see him. And even when he came back at the end, I'm like, I, I could go for a Riker show. I, yeah. I know he'd want to direct it and do all yeah. that stuff. And then they'd fill it too much up with his little girl who plays bow and arrow all the time. Uh, and he's yeah. like, I don't want to see all that stuff. But but yeah. I loved I loved seeing Riker and I, I want that show now, but it won't. You know, uh, and, and to your point, of, uh, Jason, you, you hit this point before where they just jam in too much. And that's a mm -hmm. Kurtzman problem that's been a problem with all of the uh, JJ-verse movies. And it's a problem with uh, Discovery is, okay, we saw the Rikers. That should overwhelm you. Okay, they have a daughter with a bow and arrow. Okay. But then she also speaks a secret language of a son that we never cared about and never met who died. You know? Right. I think it was just, and it was too, I, I got a kick out of, I got a kick out of the daughter talking about data. Uh, sure. I got a kick out of the daughter and Soji's relationship, but then it was, and then they're like using words. They're already in a universe where they're using made up words. To use made up words that mean made up words right. is yeah. where, am I making sense on that? It just, it got too yeah. far. And once again, the universal, maybe that's the only way to get around the universal translator, which for some reason doesn't exist anymore on the show. But, uh, well, you know, they didn't, they didn't buy the extended warranty on it. Um, <laughs> what did you think, Mark, about uh, all of the uh, familiar faces that we got to see on this show? That was one of the things I liked. Well, the Troy and Riker scene was what I really liked. I thought after the first episode, Seven of Nine, I was never a big Voyager fan. So if I didn't see Seven of Nine after that, I wouldn't have really cared. Um, I would have liked to have seen Jordy. I, I would have liked to have seen anybody from Deep Space Nine, um, which they kind of left out. Yeah, that I like jam a lot in there. There were no Ferengi on this show. Sirach Lofton wanted way too much. To be honest, <laughs> you wanted double <laughs> Gates McFadden's asking price. Well, I was gonna say I, I, I would have been just as excited to see Chakotay as I was Seven of Nine. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I, I don't know what world you live in. I'm not a big Voyager fan, but I mean, everybody's like, oh, we got to look at Jerry Ryan. Oh, yeah, that's a terrible thing. I mean, uh, put Jerry Ryan in anything. I don't care. But Jerry Ryan, again, it goes ago, back sure. to my point. It goes back. Actually, she's beautiful now. I, yeah, I, I, I enjoy. She's No, but she's easy on the eyes. Uh, she's aged better than uh, Jonathan Frakes, to your point. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, with Jerry Ryan, do I, did Seven of Nine need to be an emotional action star living as a Romulan cowboy? I mean, it was just, again, it was just, they jammed so many things that you're supposed to remember. You know, they, they undid the neutral zone, but there is still apparently Romulan space. So why is there no neutral zone? Um, you know, I get, it was just, again, it was too much, you know, with her running around shooting everybody, uh, you know, I loved when she interacted with the Borg Cube. That was a great yeah. scene. I and, that was cool. And to Mark's point from the beginning uh, is you, the problem was they went from a tender, beautiful old man Picard, and, and then suddenly we're addressing things we should have addressed after first contact. You know, like, I feel the calling of the Borg. Do you ever feel human again? Like, those were great lines, but it was a complete departure from the first five episodes. Like it became a, like, I, you're right. I actually, how about this for me conceding something? I could have watched an, uh, an entire Trek series with Jerry Ryan and Patrick Stewart, but it wasn't written well, you know, or, you know, but there's just so much extra stuff. Do I have to see the Romulan with the swords or am I, uh, um, 
you know, and the, the last three episodes, the last episodes when they finally got to this planet, it was just stupid. Mm-hmm. It became, it, it was bad Star Wars. It was, by the end, it yeah. was bad Star Wars. It was not well, Star the, Trek. The final the scene is Star Trek. The final scene is basically the rise of Skywalker with the fleet right. showing up. And- Palpatine was behind the whole thing. Oh. That'll just be the whole. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's funny. This is side side note, but we watched the new trilogy with my five-year-old. And oh, boy. When we watched Rise of Skywalker and Palpatine came back, my five-year-old said, why did they have to use the old emperor again? And I'm like, even a five-year-old understands this. This is amazing. See, I disagree, and this is where you're, you're, uh, I want to see if Disney just does Star Wars Episode 7, The Redo, uh, where they say, you know what, we we had the right characters, and this is another problem with J.J. They had the right characters, they threw out throughout the thing, they threw out things people wanted to see, but they didn't have the emotion attached with it that you wanted. Like, I actually got a kick out of Rey uh, on Tatooine. You know, uh, I got a kick out of the romance she sort of had with Finn that sort of disappeared after episode seven. Yeah. Um, You know, and you know what? I yelled out, I actually sent a tweet, J.J. Abrams, F you, when they (laughs) killed Han Solo. But if I felt something in that movie. Then yeah. by Last Jedi, it's, it was all the gimmicks they thought America wanted to see. Look, we have empowered women now. And, and I love empowered women, women. movies. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I yeah. knew one of you was hey, going to do that to me. No, but, talking, but it was done bad. We're talking Star Trek and Star Wars. We don't want to talk about women. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, look, I know. I, look, the, we, 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 can, we can easily do an hour and a half on The Last right. Jedi. And we have. No, yeah. And tying up the point point. is, the last episode was just jamming in things that I think Mm -hmm. somebody who read the Star Trek encyclopedia thought we would want to see. That uh, Sutra, I think, was the, I've been been Googling Sutra. Uh, Okay, and then we have one android who looks like Data with the green skin. Doesn't that make sense? Don't you enjoy that? Um, You know, there was, it was, it became... My problem with Picard became they just started jamming in things that non-nerds thought we wanted to see. Yeah. And, and my favorite side story I don't think I've ever told Christian was my problem with Star Trek Voyager was it became jamming in things that ordinary executives thought we nerds wanted to see. And I eventually met a woman who was a writer or an assistant writer on Star Trek Voyager and she did sales at my gym in New York City. <laughs> she was the salesperson at my gym in New York City. And, and that sort of summed her up. Was, and it summed up a lot of the writing. There were, though, however, great episodes of Star Trek Voyager. I just didn't see any of that energy in Star Trek Picard. Yeah. One thing that I think they missed a huge, and you brought it up, was I thought this is where they're going to go. When, when, when uh, Seven of Nine plugged into the Borg Queen portal, and she was like, I'm, I'm scared. I won't want to let go of that power. That, I think that was a great thing. They could have explored And all of a sudden, she doesn't get let go of the power. And she just kind of gets sucked in, you know, like the one ring on Lord of the Rings, you know, type thing. Yeah. The board cube kind of does that to her. And then they'd have to sort of either rescue her or disconnect her. And, you know, she turns into a villain at that point. But 
there, there were many things they set up where I'm like, this, this is great yeah. to explore. And, and, but then it was just, oh, we got to move on because we've only got 10 episodes to do this and we yeah. wasted the first five. And, you know, and the easy one on that is the, the Borg cube crashed on a planet and they didn't show any of it. They're like, oh no, it's here now. Like even the effects got lazy at the end. Yeah. Uh, like a friend of mine who's a graphics artist made fun of the, uh, the fleet coming in to save the day at the end was they just redesigned one new Star Trek starship, kept it really small, and then hit copy-paste 50 times. <laughs> uh, Mark, you were trying to jump in before. What, uh, what were you well, going to... Well, my nitpick on the Borg cube thing was after she took over and they tricked her and they sucked all the Borg into outer space and she started mourning their loss, um, did they forget that the Borg can survive in the vacuum of space? I kept waiting. I was like, wait a minute. You just, don't you remember first contact? Just go scoop yeah, them up. They're Holy fine. Shit. They're still alive. Well, was well, well, but, wait, I, you just blew my brain, Mark. I, first of all, I didn't think of that, but did they just assume like, well, but because th- those were the Borg that didn't have the implants taken out, right? Those were the ones that were sleeping basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I could see that, you know, if like Hugh got sucked out into the vacuum of space, I, I right. could assume that, yeah, or, yes. or even seven to nine possibly. So I, I could have seen that, but yeah, you're right. So they're just like, no, they're all dead. Well, that's the thing is they, uh, they don't expect that, that people will remember as well as you do, Mark, because none of us thought of that, I, I, unless I you it. did, Jason, but uh, Tom. Then, no, I, I didn't until just now, but that does and then sense, they, but. they also spent the whole season drilling on our heads how the Romulans, you know, they're the refugees of the, of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sprinkled out. They don't have a home planet. And then at the end, they, all of a sudden, they have this fleet of like 300, 400 ships. And I was like, wait a minute. Right. Where, they don't have a home planet. Where are these coming from? Why, why aren't, why, they don't seem to be that bad a shape. It's like if you had a friend. Who's they got made on Exegol. Money. We know this. They got made on Exegol. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like if you had a friend that kept borrowing money from you, and then you find out he owns a Mercedes. <laughs> right. Like, what? Wait a minute. Why are we, why are we right. supporting you? <laughs> you guys have a lot going on. You know what? Yeah. And, and even from a writing standpoint, what I found, I found the, th- the 300 ships was lazy on both ends. Uh, you got to remember Star Trek. Uh, I mean, the Wrath of Khan, the best, best Star Trek movie of all time was just two spaceships. You know, yeah. there were two models in that and regular one, three models in the whole damn movie. Uh, that's all you needed. And I think that it would have been more dramatic if it were Commodore O's ship. And then a Riker ship came up and it was slightly bigger. Yeah, no, you're right. They, they think that we need everything to be on, on that scale at this point. And, you know, when we were talking before about how much we enjoyed seeing Riker, I, I enjoyed that moment so much that I, I had to just overlook the improbability that he would have re-enlisted and been in charge of that fleet. You know, there's so many things right. that are logically like, though that would never have happened, but it was still great to see The him. pizza wasn't even cold yet. No. Well, I actually, I, I, I'll be honest. I did not like, for as much as I, I actually enjoyed Counselor Troy staying behind. It was so well acted. Uh, I'm not as tough as I used to be. Yeah. That she's yeah, a mom. A she doesn't want her kid to get hurt. It was beautiful. But I never saw Riker letting Picard go into that alone. And I, I did enjoy his line. What do you think? I was going to stay in space making a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that did at least buy back my love. Yeah. No, no, no. I, look, I, I, I agree with, uh, with that sentiment. And yeah, look, there's a, there's a lot of mixed emotions when it comes to this. And you're able to, 
you're able to shrug off some of it because it, it was cool to see and it, it was fun. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about a new character we barely touched on, who kind of the whole show is about, which is uh, Dodge Soji. slash Soji. And I had to look up the actress's name. Uh, her name is uh, Isabella, but she goes by Isa Barones, and um, she's 21, so we can all feel great about that. Um, but uh, oh, you know, that just ruined the mood. I, I thought that's why I said it, because uh, <laughs> because look, I look, I can I can see your child your childhood bedroom behind you. I see your bed back there. So in fact, yeah. I also see a tissue box. I'll just leave it there. But so anyway, twenty one, <laughs> and now joining the broadcast, David Bujinski. What do you think? Uh, so turning the video off now. <laughs> <laughs> what did uh, what did we think of of this character? and the importance of it. I think as a, as a story point, it is interesting to sort of have this synthetic person who's basically sort of a sleeper agent. Uh, I wanna start with you first, Mark. What did you think of, of her? You can think about, you can also talk about her, her acting if you want, but about the character and also how she was written into the story, Mark. I mean, it was okay. She was one of those middle of the road characters for me. Um, once the season ended though, I, now that she's alive, or she's survived and apparently coming back to season two, it seems like they're really going to have to stretch to get her, I don't know, some point to her character because now she's just now the other artificial person that's on the ship now along with Picard. Yeah. Um, so I don't, she's not really that special anymore. So I wasn't, I didn't hate her, but I wasn't like a huge fan. The whole, although the whole, when she was on the cube, the whole scenes with her and Narek were just, I don't know. I, I was not... He he, he he might i don't know it's so hard because i hate raffi so much but he might be my least favorite thing about the show he was awful yeah. i hated him so much he was a he was an awful actor he looked too much like ethan peck as spock from the the second season of discovery it was like the choice of casting that guy having him have that beard i'm like great that's the way you had spock look on discovery so yeah their interaction was painful to watch and when you take into consideration that she's literally three years old, then you're like, all right, that must be why she's able to fall for these lines that, that this, by the way, not particularly suave nor sexy uh, Romulan is feeding her. She just yeah, doesn't know was, better. He was, I, I don't know if you ever saw Penny Dreadful, but he mm -hmm. was, he played Dr. Frankenstein on Penny Dreadful. And he kind of had this creepy stalkery thing for yeah. Billy Piper on that show. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what he can do on Picard. He kind of seemed like the same slimy, creepy guy, except now he's just chasing after an android rather than a woman he brought back from the dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's the creepy factor to it, but uh, I guess, you know, let's, let's not judge. What did you think, Jason, about, uh, about the, uh, the synthetic twins who, you know, it's really just Soji? Yeah. Um, my, my first thought, I kept watching the show. I'm like, is she Asian at all? I can't tell. But uh, other than that... Uh, I don't think so, actually. I don't think so. She just kind of... I but think her she's mom, uh, Hispanic. Like, yeah, I think okay. South American. Maybe, yeah. But beyond that, as far as the story goes, um, she... I just think we went from this world where Data was like the state-of-the-art android that, you know, they couldn't even replicate him. And he was like every planet they went to everybody was so blown away by him yeah. to the point that 30 years later, they could make people that were so real that even like a sensor scan wouldn't tell you that they're not a real human being. And then they give Picard a life. And um, 
it just sets up a world, I think, where it, if you think about seasons going forward, Picard's never going to be in danger from now on because they can just always, well, we'll just give him a new body, you know? And, and so you, mm. you kind of cheapen the stakes, I think, it going forward at the end of this because anybody dies, you just transfer their consciousness to a yeah. new body. That's exactly like their old body. And it's, it almost would be like that, uh, that Tom Cruise movie where he gets killed and he just comes back again, you know? So no, edge of tomorrow. Or, or, yeah, or yeah. all six seasons of Battlestar Galactica, the remake on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, I'm just going to download that, into but... my new body. Right. right. Well, no, yeah, I mean, well, for the Cylons, yeah, that's what they, they were able yeah. to do. Yeah. So the, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely, you know, look, having that be the, the end game that Picard ends up in this synthetic body and they're like, don't worry, we didn't give you any powers, which they might as well have just gone wink, you know, because right. like there's going to be something. You know, and and maybe it's that he can brew his own tea with his hands now. I don't know what, what it's going to be. What they should do but... is actually give him the Logan Wolverine uh, adamantium stuff, and it could, that would be really good. I yeah, I think I think that's what's missing. But and then it's also like, don't worry, you're still going to die, kind of when you should have died originally, because he's like 95. It was like I would be like, no, 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 you should have given me like another hundred years. That would have been great. <laughs> like I don't want to die in ten years. Well, they, I, I just know. died. I don't know if people remember this, but this was one problem. I, one of many problems I had with this Picard thing. But there was a season seven Next Generation episode called Inheritance, where we meet Data's mom. And it was the exact same thing. It was Dr. Sung had his wife was dying. He, he designed this perfect android body, transferred her conscious in it. She didn't know she was an android. You, you do the scan, you would never know. So when they got to the planet and I could see that's where they were headed, there was no reference to that. I assume her son, Dr. Sung's son, apparently he didn't, know, didn't realize that that had happened to his mom. And, oh. and they, the only reason they even found out was there was a rock slide and it knocked her arm off or something. So I'm assuming maybe sometime next season, Picard's, you know, going to get his head knocked off and Rios is going to have to carry it around in a bag or something, but <laughs> get it uh, sewed onto a battle droid. Yeah. So, well, that, that episode will be, <laughs> that episode will be called uh, Picard's head in a duffel bag. So I think that'll probably be, or it'll be like C3PO and they could put him in a backpack well, and his arms oh and his my legs God, yeah. all, yes. all out of control. And he's like, Rios, get Raffi, me back. Raffi can actually wear him uh, on her back. And uh, oh, JL, which is also we touched on it briefly. That anybody who watched the Afterbus show I did, just every time she called him JL, it just I, I I was just like, you don't know him like that. Stop it. Right. If yeah. only you'd attached my legs, I wouldn't be in this ridiculous position. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, as as we start to uh, wind down, uh, because we've already talked about this for an hour, we could easily talk about it for another hour. What? Let me ask you first, Tom. Sort of your your thoughts with the way that the season ended heading into another season what do you hope we get and do you think we're likely to to get to see some of the things that you're hoping for in a season two of picard which my understanding by the way is that season two of picard is written obviously things aren't going to production right now but uh they were putting together going back a few months they were putting together the writer's room for season three so they probably have like a 30 episode uh, arc that they're planning on telling here. But uh, what are your thoughts for season two, Tom? I, I don't know if you're going to get me right away on season. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't know if you're going to get me right away on season two of Picard. Uh, I, 
the season finale of Picard was so bad, all of my enthusiasm for the project has been sucked out of it. It is like in Star Trek Insurrection when the joystick jumped out of the floor and it was the emergency manual steering column. I said, they have run out of ideas. And no, and then I didn't rush to see Nemesis, which was an okay movie. Uh, And that's another one that gets better with time, but still isn't great. Um, With the, I, I think the last 10 minutes of Star Trek Picard killed every redeeming value and everything I forgave about Star Trek Picard. The only thing keeping me excited about Star Trek Picard season two is that uh, Patrick Stewart went on The View and asked Whoopi Goldberg to be a part of it. And the difference between Whoopi Goldberg and all most other actors you've seen on Star Trek is Whoopi Goldberg is a talented actress who asked to be a part of Star Trek. Everyone else is a talented actor who got discovered because of Star Trek, arguably. I mean, we could uh, get into that. No, but, it, but well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, well, that's an Academy Award winner who was like, you know what I would like to do is be on this show. So, yeah, I can. Yeah, and, and that's for, a true just, story. Just to provide the background, uh, you worked for a number of years doing uh, audience warm-up at The View, so you yeah. know Whoopi a little bit. And yeah. uh, there's great video that uh, you posted of uh, who did she introduce you to on the show? Oh. She introduced me to Patrick Stewart, which, by the way, if I ever meet you again, Sir Patrick, uh, none of this mattered. I was just kidding. Christian brought me <laughs> up to these opinions. Yeah. Uh, no, but it was, uh, but uh, the Whoopi point is Whoopi genuinely called up Rick Berman in, and Gene Roddenberry and asked to be on Star Trek. She was an actress who didn't need the job. And Patrick Stewart here likes the fans, but, you know, when he says, I want to do Star Trek that isn't Star Trek, it just makes you go, then you don't want to do Star Trek. Let's go and do another Wolverine movie here. Um, but He can do that I too, hope- by the way. That's fine. I'm, I'm on board. You know, what? you know what I'm hoping maybe? Maybe there'll be something silly and there'll be a MacGuffin line of, it's okay, Patrick Stewart or Captain Picard. You are not in an android body. We just gave you a pill. Why couldn't they have just given him a pill? They could have fixed all the problems. Here, we got a little fish burn just shows up and... Does that. Yeah, no, but something we fixed your aneurysm. Why yeah. couldn't they have just kept the body? Of the, you know, because you know he's a beautiful actor, and I think they cheapened all of that. That yeah. he was close to death. His scenes were beautiful. He should have gotten an Oscar for uh, Logan. And I think elderly Picard in space, afraid of dying, uh, was a great concept. You know that he was fighting his aeronautic syndrome was a beautiful concept and i think they cheapened that so i just hope that there's a magical undo at the beginning where they say it's not a robot body it's your old body and we just gave you a pill and uh you know and that uh whoopee and that he has a beautiful scene with whoopee where maybe he's chasing his past or something you know um, yeah. or he could just yeah. step out of the nexus for real that would be yes, to do it. and then there you go. Nothing's happened, and we can right. go back to a proper first contact with 21st century special effects. I'm with there you. There you go. <laughs> uh, Mark, what are your uh, what are your uh, expectations and hopes for a season two of Star Trek: Picard? Oh wow! Well, first of all, dump the one of the creepier actresses on there was C- Commodore O. Yeah, um, agreed. I what really bugged me about her was 
the way she would tuck her hair behind her ears, it would make her pointy ears stick out so that she looked like a cross between Yoda and an angry Chihuahua. I couldn't, oh, her ears just creeped me out. But anyway, that aside. If I, if I may add two things that bothered me were the Romulan Vulcan mind meld and then the Android Vulcan mind meld. Oh man, I, I, <sighs> That's I actually awesome. forgot about those. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and we'll, we'll, yeah. Th those those infuriated me. Uh, so that was something that bothered you just sort of on an aesthetic. But uh, what else are you thinking about season two, Mark? Um, I would, I mean, I would love if, I don't think they're going to do it, but I would love for Picard to get just, I liked old man Picard. That's what I, that's what I tuned in for. And when they gave him the new body, it was like, okay, that's great. But you still have 79 year old Jean-Luc Picard, you know, Patrick Stewart playing this. Right. You're, you're, you're not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not like he's gonna do anything different. I kind of liked him walking around with his aches and pains. It really humanized the character. Sure. Um, I, but story-wise, I would love, I, I have a feeling it's just gonna be a continuation of the Romulan conspiracy. I would have liked to have seen something a little different, um, but, you know, and maybe, dump, and, and again, they won't do this, drop a few of the not so great supporting characters, maybe, you know, build up the crew of the La Serena. Because at this point, it looks like we're going to stay on the La Serena for another season. Yeah. I don't know why. I liked, I would love it if you just go back to Chateau Picard for a while, see number one, hang out with the more interesting characters of the <laughs> Laris and Siobhan. Sure. If you um, had to stay on La Serena, Mark, who would you drop? Oh, Agnes, right up the top. Yeah. Um, I'd push her out into space, yeah. Rafi pilots it, so you kind of have to maybe, you know, if they got a new pilot, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, they Raffi, got other pilots, it's fine. Write her a little better, maybe. Uh, drop the JL, but I don't think that's it's going Rios anywhere. It's Rios' ship, so he probably should be there, but maybe the uh, emergency medical hologram breaks and he can only be one character now. Oh, I would love that. Oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah I would love that. Um, so I, that's kind of what I would like to see, uh, something a little different rather than it looks like this is, because I think, they they said they're shooting for a three season arc on this, and I think it's going to be three seasons and done is what they're hoping for. So it just I mean, feels like this is going to be one long story stretched out over yeah, three seasons. Yeah, I mean, look, Patrick Stewart would probably be like what eighty three, eighty four by the you know. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably about what you're going to get. And uh, I don't know, I think that's fine. Uh, Jason, your thoughts mm. after the ending of Picard season one about season two, and uh, what are you? What yeah. would you most like to see? I think uh, Mark is quite right. Before I was going to say, I said, as far as this crew on the ship, they just need to jar jar them or rose them like they did on you know, Rise of Skywalker. Just be like, you know, the next, they're all kind of hanging around at the beginning. Oh, remember yeah. that fun time we had? And I'm here at Chateau and now my new adventure is going to start. And they're yeah. all just like, all right, see you. We're going. I've got a really here. important message. message uh, sorry. I've got a really important mission for the three of you, but it has to happen off screen. Right, exactly. <laughs> so go make a pizza. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. It's it should gonna deliver pizzas for Riker's Pizzeria, where he's gonna be the <laughs> here on the box with a little smile face. Right, you deliver and, at warp speed in thirty parsecs or less. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think they need to probably realistically. I know it's not gonna happen. As far as characters, I'd like to see go. I don't like Rios as much as you hate. Uh, Rafi. As much as you hate Rafi, I, yeah. I hate Rio. So, you know, I don't it's love him. 
Don't like I'm saying, it, yeah, it's like, you know, Rafi's like a two and everybody else is a one on a scale of yeah. one to ten. So. By the way, if none of the supporting characters are back in season two, that'll be fine. As much, yeah, as, exactly. I, as, much as I found out more interesting, that'd be fine. I'd be like, I'll right, break my heart. Eleanor would probably be my, my four or five on the list of scale of one to ten. So okay. I like him. Yeah, um, calling but, him Elmo for a week, by yeah. the way. <laughs> well, I have a friend named John Elmore, and yeah. we always call him Elmore. So I, I always want to call him Elmore with an L. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but realistically, they won't do that. So I think what they're going to need to do after all this debacle, if, if they just drop this whole, there's a planet of, you know, uh, robot people that we can't tell who is and who isn't synthetic, and it's just, you know, that they kind of have loyalties to this, whatever, whatever was coming through that portal. I mean, it's almost like, you know, at the end of Best of Both Worlds, uh, not Best of Both Worlds, the uh, Q Who, the first Borg episode, when they, right. you know, then they were like, well, we got away. And it's like, but now they know you exist, you know, yeah. and they will be coming. I mean, there probably has to be something like that, that they know there's this huge threat of something that could, you know, they know these people exist now. So they're, they're going to need to follow up more on that and kind of still hopefully make them a threat and not just be like a oh yeah well you know all synthetics are allowed now and, and you know they they tried to kill us originally but now you know they changed their mind so we're all good with them yeah we're we're yeah just forgive and forget every everything's fine right uh, well i i i'm looking forward to it uh because i in the sense that i want to see what they do are they going to learn mm-hmm. from season one are they going to make it better uh, nice. i think uh, the the three of you don't necessarily agree, but uh, you do all know that I really enjoyed Star Trek Discovery, and I thought season two, adding Captain Pike just sort of added this dynamic that made me really like season two. So I'm looking forward to season three, which I don't know if you guys have had the chance to see the trailer. There's not much to it, so it's not really a big deal if you haven't. But uh, so it's a, finally we're at least getting to see something. I don't know that I needed this, so we're gonna go like a thousand years in the future but we'll see if they do anything interesting with it. So uh, I will just ask each of you, will you have CBS All Access when Star Trek Discovery returns to our screens? You first, Jason. I will because I found out that when I actually signed up for CBS All Access on a trial run to watch the first season of Discovery in one weekend, uh, and then had since moved from Indy to Texas, and then signed up for CBS All Access legitimately here, for some reason, it still thinks I'm in Indy, so I can tune into the CBS in Indy here in Texas and watch Colts games. So that way I don't need uh, NFL Sunday ticket anymore. Okay, so, so, when will... the, so when the NFL comes back in four years, right. you'll be able to watch it. Great. Yes, yeah, so uh, I will be Mark, able to do that. <laughs> Mark, what, uh, what about you? Uh, are you going to uh, sign up for CBS All Access so that you can uh, check out Discovery as soon as it comes back? Yeah, I probably will. I probably will. I, I'm less excited about Discovery now that, Pike, Spock, and number one are gone. I'm yeah. not that. I'm kind of, eh, we'll yeah. see on, on Discovery they, Season they, 3. It really didn't do enough with Rebecca Romaine Mystique. You know, I really thought that they could have used her a lot more. Uh, I would I would like more number one. Uh, I thought that, that those would have uh, been some good short tracks or something. But I don't know. I'm, I'm more intrigued for the sort of the blank canvas that they have now because they're not pigeonholed into this like uh, your 10 years before the original series or whatever it was. But I, I don't know. It, it just means that blank canvas means that it could be a hugely disappointing canvas. I will, of course, be watching because presumably I'll be doing an after show for it for After Buzz. So that means I won't have to pay for it. So I'll be there, uh, you know. 
I'll well, be there for day one. There's some plan that they were going to like try to go all Avengers on this, and there was going to be some series that was going to have like a crossover of Discovery characters and Picard yes. characters. And oh, I was supposed to do a Star Trek uh, Section 31. Is oh, one yeah. Of development. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, and I thought that Michelle Yeoh was supposed to be on that, but then she went into the future with Discovery. So now I'm, I'm just confused as to what's happening with that. Uh, what about you, Tom? I know that you have a, a well, I was going to say love-hate, but it's like hate slash really hate relationship with, uh, with Discovery. So are, are you all in for when it comes back for season three? Well, listen, CBS All Access has me because uh, I, I crave reruns of Becker and... Uh... <laughs> No, no. My uh, roommate you know, in college I, I, played the guitar riffs in between each each uh, scene on Becker. What a great gig, uh, by the way. His All dad right. wrote the theme song to Wings, so he has the nice. Uh, really? Jeez, you. Uh, God, I don't know. I, 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 my problem with my college was I was the most famous graduate they have. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, and that's I'm, just I'm, being here on this podcast. I'm, I'm the number third. Uh, I'm the number three famous. So my college has uh, Rick Smith, the basketball player, mm-hmm. uh, Bill O'Reilly. Most people have heard of him, and then me. So yeah. being from being from Indiana, I definitely have heard of Maris Rick, because of Rick Smith. Yeah, well, yeah, because of Rick Smith. Rick Smith, who in a Marist uniform is in the film uh, Coming to America. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so, oh, God, in the St. John scene, that's right. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're playing Marist, yeah. In the face! <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Uh, you know, so, I listen, again, I, I think it all goes back to that great line from that Star Trek Five review is, Loving Star Trek means admitting half of it is crap. And in the Alex Kurtzman, in the Kurtzman universe, I will say loving Star Trek means admitting three quarters of it is crap. And no, uh, I mean, you know, there is no great, the problem with Discovery was there's no great episode of, uh, don't you understand the racism, Commander Spock? He is black on the left side of his face yeah. and I'm black on the right. Boom. And then you're yeah. all floored with your own stupidity. Um, you know, I mean, Discovery had great moments. Uh, they had the first gay characters uh, on Star Trek. Um, if you got rid of Tilly, I would have liked it a lot more. And then people will say, oh, but you hated Wesley Crusher. Um, oh, boy, you did know, I ever. You know, and Wesley had a couple of good moments. Too. I don't know. I didn't totally hate Wesley, but you're right. I was 12 at the time. So <laughs> then you're right. 43-year-old hates Tom, hates yeah. Wesley. Um, they got, listen, they're going to get me for the money. Um, I hope uh, with Discovery, my problem with Discovery is it's supposed to take place after the fall of the Federation. Correct. And yes. I think that is a complete violation of what Gene Roddenberry wanted Star Trek to be, which is the world will still be there and be a better place. And if you're now telling me um, the the Federation we loved fell apart, you know, it it does suck a little bit of the fun out of it for me, but I'll be there. Um, There are good characters on Discovery. I would love to see a uh, Star Trek Pike's Adventures. I mean, the sets were gorgeous. Yeah, Uh, They had better casting on it. Um, there is, Christian, a short Treks there's, episode. There's one, right? Where they're trapped on the elevator, and they're trapped on an elevator. It's a waste, yeah. but it's cool yeah. to see the uniforms. Yeah, so, the yeah so they basically uh, put them in a Three's Company episode. Exactly. You know, but we'll see. I'll be there. I'll be there just because it's really my only way to get booked on the Black cast. 
And <laughs> yeah, which that, that'll, that'll tell you how hungry Tom is for stage time because there's no comedy being performed that it's like, it's hey, been a lonely it. 60 days, my friend, right now. It's true. The, you, the this is like the second time you've been on it. Yeah. This is like the second time you've been on in less than two months. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, same, I'm gonna have to same with Jason, by the way. By the way, yeah. when you were talking about your, uh, your one of your only vacations was a, a rainy vacation in Washington, D.C., you should watch the episode Jason was on about a month and a half ago where he talks about deciding to drive from Austin to Los Angeles uh, as quarantine started and uh, nothing was really open. Like, they said Disneyland was closed. He was an hour on his way onto the trip and like, yeah, no Disneyland. So uh, it probably would have felt like a, like a Kelly family vacation. Oh, Wally World is closed. Let me tell you, yeah. the, minute things get, uh, the minute things get a little bit cr uh, less crazy, I am going to start driving to places where gigs are. Like I hear Florida will be the first one to open stand-up. I am going to try. I'm hey, trying to get myself booked down there. Missouri. I ate inside a restaurant here in Texas this week. Yeah. So. Wait, now, is, can you all, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this stuff, but can you yeah. uh, eat inside the restaurant or are they yes. doing like a patio? Okay. Because I you had heard the first inside. thing was a patios, but. Uh, every other, every other table yeah. had a, you know, social distancing. We were worried like going in that like our waiter would have like the ET outfit on, you know, when they, but <laughs> yeah. it wasn't, it was very normal actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, we hope uh, we hope that uh, everybody who's uh, getting to go back to places is fun. Look, I just want to get a haircut, and uh, I'm sure that <laughs> none of you guys care about my problems with my hair. No, but I want you to get a haircut more than you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, this this damn hippie can really appreciate you guys uh, taking some time to talk about this. This was fun. We'll have to find an excuse to get the four of us together again, maybe when uh, Discovery comes back. And I can only hope that Tom hates it as much because that's the fun dynamic. That's why I liked doing the After Buzz show because uh, Frank and I basically disliked every episode of Picard and then the other two tried to find what they liked. And we're like, no, 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 no. It really wasn't that good. Uh, but anyway, where, uh, Jace, Jason, you already tweeted this year, so you might not tweet again, but... You, I can try. There'll be a link to this, so maybe you want to tweet one more time. At sure, Jason, maybe I'll... Jason at Jason P. Blair. P. Blair. Yep. It's and, my birthday this on Sunday. It's great, having a, it's great having a birthday on Mother's Day. Your wife really appreciates it. Yeah, you? yeah. I'm sure, sure that day is going to be all about you. Uh, yeah. And then... <laughs> And then Mark, uh, Mark Coyne, C-O-Y-N-E Hunt. That's the at on Twitter. You don't do Facebook. I mean, uh, you don't do uh, Instagram, do you? No, I barely do Twitter, but. Yeah, but it's just so that I can tag you in the episodes. But somebody who has uh, all, of, all of social media buzz is Thomas J. Kelly. Uh, where can people find you? Oh, Tom Kelly Show on Twitter, Tom Kelly Show on Instagram, Tom Kelly Show on Snapchat. Tom Kelly Show on TikTok. Tom Kelly Show on Match.com. <laughs> Beautiful. That's and, called and, name squatting, boys. And by the way, if there are any synthetic ladies on Match.com, Tom never said that he had any problem with synthetic ladies. So Damn if, straight. If Soji has an older sister who's, you know, not 21, but 26 then uh, find Tom Kelly's show on Match.com. She has a doc, in all fairness to me, and this would be my justification if uh, for some reason uh, she were to call me up, I'd be like, well, she did play a 26-year-old on Picard. That's fair to yeah. me. Hey, that's fair. Yeah, look, that's all you need. That's fine. Look, she played a doctor. You've got, you've got, you've got three guys who have been married for a long time here, the, the other uh, quadrants of this. So uh, we're all in favor of, of whatever whatever rules you can use to convince yourself uh, Listen, we're all right, support it. 
Hold on. Listen, just so I don't scare uh, the three listeners who listen to all 95 minutes of the Blackcast today, um, I promise you I would not be creepy. Natural selection would keep this from being an option. We're all safe, America. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much to Tom, Mark, and Jason, and to all of you who enjoyed the Picard talk. Uh, obviously, you can always keep in touch with the Blackcast at Blackcast on Twitter, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, Blackcast on Instagram, although I usually forget to post, Blackcast.com. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we will wind down our big Blackcast binge week with our fifth of five episodes, which is one of three potential episodes that I might record tomorrow, so uh, I can't really promote it. But it will show up tomorrow. Thanks again, uh, everyone, and we will see you next time on the Blackcast. Woo! Yeehaw! Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Listening to Black. I don't want to watch what's on the TV iTunes that put on the BC Podcasts on, no talking to me Listening to Blackcast Keep up on comics and movies Do phone ring, I answer hoodies I can't talk, call back if you please Listening to Blackcast You don't know what you are missing Damn fine show hosted by Christian He's just dope, no ass I'm kissing Listening to Blackcast Click subscribe on this podcast. You won't be the first, but don't you be last. Listen while you pumping your gas. Listen into Blackcast. On this episode, it's Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listen into Blackcast. Met this girl, she smiled in my face. Blackcast in Chile to my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listen into Blackcast. Cops knock on the door and listen Black hats on, they think I'm Christian Cops ran off, now I ain't trippin' Listen into Black Cast My point is, listen to this show Don't need me to tell you it's dope Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgow Listen into Black Cast Oh yeah, that's the Black Cast It's on the Ghost Twin TV or whatever Oh, it's not Oh, it's on AfterBuzz TV, that's right that's that guy, Christian. You rock! Alright, several Texas had to go take care of some business. But I'm here to say, have a nice day. And listen to the damn show. <laughs>